seriously on Anything Goes. Uh, no, I, I have a little bit of a problem with a lot of that. I have a little bit of problem with a, with a community of, uh, you know, specific comedy fans, policing comedy. I have a problem with them, you know, passing judgment or, or, or collectively taking shots at certain comics. Uh, because, you know, one thing that I know, and this, you know, and I, again, I've been the guy that said, fuck that guy, you know, he's a hack or whatever, is that there are some guys out there that a lot of people don't know that, you know, are, are, are really doing something unique and doing something whole and, 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 uh, and, and, and professional and funny that, you know, that they just sort of get dismissed. And, I, and it's a sad thing. Yeah, everyone can have their opinion, but we're, they're, they're no, it doesn't need to be lines drawn for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in the car. My, my whole position on it is that as long as they know what they're doing, and for example, you know, if you're a prop act and you know you're a prop act and you just want to do your show, entertain the audience, get your money and go home, which a lot of my prop act friends are like, they're not about social change or making a point or how many prop act friends I have. I have a lot, okay? okay right. How many can fit into a fucking trunk? That's how many prop act friends I have. But all my point is, is like, they're not thinking they're Bill Hicks. They're a juggler or they're, you know, this is a guy who talks about his family, very kind of Foxworthy type. He doesn't think he's Bill Hicks. I have no problem with that. My only problem is when someone goes on stage, thinks they're making social commentary or being dark and edgy, and they're not. You know, that's my problem. With hey, it. If they're the only one thinking it, who cares? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe then you're I just care talking, too much. No, but then you're just really talking about a guy who's annoying. Because, you know, when he gets off stage right. and you got to deal with him I, in the green room. I guess that is what it is. Yes, that's that's my thing. It's not like he's being celebrated as anything. No. I mean, you know, clearly you're talking about somebody that who knows who he is. And, you know, is he, you know, is he being celebrated for that? No. Is he celebrating himself? Yeah. Is yeah. that annoying as a comic sitting in a green room with that guy? Yeah. Right. So it's a personal thing. Yeah. <laughs> But I, you know, I've also been accused of being too serious, so maybe I got. Yeah, we're all kind of serious, you know. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Guess which host has to start their car with a breathalyzer? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? Fucking comedian. Can you dig it? All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, and it's uh, officially been 22 months since the last episode with Corey Mack was recorded in Calgary, Alberta, on a Western tour. Uh, lots of things have changed, and some things have stayed the same. Um, I didn't, I, it was 22, was 22 it months. months. 22 months. That sounds like an alcoholic sort of like you. you have yep. your 22-month chip. Chip, yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, I was on a, uh, where was I yesterday? I think I was on a, uh, a bus or a streetcar somewhere, and uh, a guy had celebrated his 99th day of being sober. Okay. But I guess that's what, it, I mean, if it's that traumatic, I guess. Yeah, you got to take it day yeah. by day. To anyone who listened to the uh, the old show, all 150 episodes are still up there on iTunes. Yep. Uh, I did not take them down in a violent state of rage like I did with the Corktown <laughs> Radio podcast, which I truly, again, once again. Uh, you shouldn't I, have. I shouldn't have. Uh, I was an asshole for doing that. Yeah. I was power hungry, and I, I wish I never did. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, you know, we've, uh, we've been away for a while. 
And if you ever had any questions about uh, why the show uh, ended, uh, you, Darren, you made an appearance on the Todd Van Allen show. Yeah, Todd Van Allen's podcast, and you made one on the Julian Dion podcast, which goes into great lengths from each of our perspectives. And, and uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, you, you had a Julian appearance, I had a Julian appearance, yep. you had a Todd appearance, and uh, so you know, if you really want to, if you, if you if you if you care or you want to know, you can go and listen to those shows. They're out there. Yeah. And uh, but uh, but uh, Steve Pearl was coming to, to town. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, we've been talking about uh, kind of rebooting this show and whether we wanted to do it weekly or monthly or or what. And we kind of decided that uh, the best way to do it is if there's someone in town that we hadn't talked to or that we both were really kind of motivated to want to talk to that was different, then we would kind of seek them out. But Steve was coming to town. And he was, and you know, I'm a big fan of Steve Pearl, and uh, for the people who don't know who Steve Pearl is, you can listen to episode 68 of uh, What the Fuck with Mark Marin to get a, a nice little history of who he is. Uh, many people consider him uh, one of the, the gentlemen that Rob Williams uh, was heavily influenced by, and we kind of get into that a little bit during the interview. And, uh, I, you know, we, I saw him on Sunday night. You saw him on Thursday night because he was in town headlining the downtown Yuck Yucks. And um, I don't know how he was Thursday night, but on Sunday night a lot of comics showed up. And I think that he had a little bit of a kind of a, a you know, a gleam in his eye of, like, being impressed on how many comics showed up. And I don't want to say he tried harder, but uh, I can't see him trying any harder than he tried that night. And he was hysterical. Um, just as, as funny as I remembered him, if not probably funnier with some of his references because he did update a lot of his references. We talked about this before, that one of the, the things um, that some dogs, certain older comics, is they don't update their, their references. And uh, we had talked about this, and, and he, I thought he did a really good job on Sunday night. I don't know how it was on Thursday night for you. Uh, I think Thursday night, I think there was a bit of uh, stage rust that he was yeah, for sure the week. trying to shake off. You said that he had a bit of a gleam in his eye when he saw the amount of comics that yep, came out to yep. him. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you ever take note of this. Whenever you headline, and there are comics there oh, of at the beginning of the show, when yep. you when you're about to go on stage, and there are comics there, and they you know they hey hey man have a great set I'll cheer you on stuff, and then you get off stage and there are no comics left. Uh, that happens. Yeah. That does happen. Uh, it's nice to see it when there are comics that are still there because you know that they watch your whole show. Um, but that yeah that that does feel good when people are coming out to see you. And not just watch the first five minutes. And I remember like maybe two or three times ago when I headlined the downtown. Uh, it was during my kind of tour for my DVD. So I had a lot of new material. And it was a Sunday night. And a lot of comics came out and saw me. And a lot of them hadn't seen my bit about my vasectomy and the chlamydia story. And uh, it was nice that they all stayed till the end because that's when that bit is. They saw that bit. And a lot of comics did come up to me and go, wow. I mean, like I didn't know about those stories. And those are great stories. And, and it was it was nice. I'm you know, uh, I don't want to be a comic that plays in the back of the room. We've talked about that to death. But it does make you feel good when comics that you like and respect stay, watch, and then comment on it. Right. Well, because I think in the beginning of you, of your, you know, your career uh, or even the beginning of your stepping into the comedy world, you, for the most part, you are just kind of playing to comics most of the time. Yeah. Because those are your friends, uh, you know, off stage, and those are your 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 comrades and your sort of those are the people that you want to make laugh first because you're going to be hanging around with them after the show right and then once you start getting paid and like Kenny Robinson took me aside and at one point and said how many comics do you see in the audience I said none 
And he was like, well, then why are you trying to make them laugh? Which was kind of clued me in to being like, okay, well, maybe I should start trying to make the audience laugh more than the comedians. But, but yeah, so it's, it does, it does uh, feel good. Now, when you... Because I know I remember when I first saw Steve Pearl and I knew the whole Robin Williams connection. Like, what do you say to someone who sees... Like, do you see as much Robin Williams in him now as maybe you might have seen it in him? If, if I wouldn't have known, I don't know if I would have been as, as um, looking for it. Um, but I definitely see a heavily influence that Robin probably took from Steve. Right. I mean, I wasn't there. Maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. But the story says it was the other way around. It was that he was, uh, you know, that... Um, Rob Williams was influenced, let's just keep that word, uh, by, um, by Pearl. They were good friends. And, I mean, I saw that even coming up in Toronto – there was three guys that hung out together. Uh, their names are Rob Ross, Ian Bag, who just was uh, did really well last on Comic Last Standing. Comic Standing, and a comic out west called Kelly Dixon. They all kind of hung out, and they all had this very similar style because they hung out where they kind of mumble-talked a bit. And I remember seeing each one of them individually going, oh, my God, that's that's very Rob, or, you know, first time I saw Rob, that's very Kelly, or vice versa. Yeah. And then I realized they were friends, they hung out, and they kind of rubbed off on each other. And, and that's when it kind of blurs the line between, is it thievery, is it? not it's really up to those comics to draw that line and um and it it's, but it can happen but i mean it's it's hard because i mean i know that the first time i know someone that saw steve uh pro up at uh uh up at with the old young and eglinton club at yuck x he was like they were like oh my god he's just like robin williams yeah and then you have to take him aside going like he actually he was the guy that robin williams saw yeah but it's one of those things like robin williams you know, skyrocketed to fame. Right. And Steve was sort of left as still a skilled stand-up. And, and, and well-known within comedy circles, but, but you, didn't jump over to the other side. Right, right, right. And you can't watch. It's sort of like it, it almost, now, sort of if you watch the two of them, it almost looks, you, you, for some reason, you'd naturally think, oh, well, Steve was influenced by Robin when really it was the other way around. Right. And it's hard to explain that to someone who hasn't... Uh... And, you know, both of them have minds that work, you know, 8,000 miles an hour. Right. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, Robin just took this one little thing and then he became Robin Williams. I mean, Robin was a talented stand-up comic. His mind moved very fast, as Steve talked about in the interview. And the other thing I really liked about this episode is that we can... We don't... We didn't normally in the past do an interview and then kind of do the intro and outro afterwards, yeah. which really does kind of help I think in, in the in the future of, of us doing this because we can talk a little bit more about this so when people kind of hear it they're looking for certain things and and uh, in the conversation yeah we I mean we go you know we talk uh, you know, we talk comedy we talk music a little bit we talk about uh, American politics a, a bit about American politics and uh, let's just say uh, we're gonna cut right into our interview with uh, Steve Pearl and uh, come back at the end oh, and do yeah, the well, wraparound. You, you mentioned uh, your, where people can find you. Okay. Uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook-wise. Sure. Uh, well, since uh, the 22 months ago, uh, lots have changed in my world. Uh, I now have an online store at ComedyHorrorStore.com where you can download any one of my four DVDs or all four of the Comedy Box set. Are there no uh, fleshlights there, are there's there? There's no fleshlights there. <laughs> um, but uh, you can buy my box set, which is over 40 hours of stuff, including episodes, past episodes of this, for only $20. So uh, that's literally I charge twenty bucks per DVD at a show, but if you do it online, you get all four for twenty bucks. That's yeah, a Comedy War store, and then um, October twenty-three to twenty-four, I'm in Vaughn at Yuck Yucks, and the big date is uh, November twelve to fourteen. I am returning to St. John's, Newfoundland, for my first time in a few years. Uh, 
as part of my Darkness Within Comedy Box Set Tour. And my website is Comedy Horror, and so is my Twitter. It's com- at Comedy Horror. And you, Dave, where are you? Oh, oh well, uh, I'm, uh, I'll be around the greater Toronto area. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Dave Martin World, and the website is Dave Martin World. And uh, what else can I say? Oh, well, the, the, like I said, the Anything Goes is still up on uh, iTunes. And uh, my old podcast that went 40 episodes um, and then uh, crashed and burned, uh, it is still available. The Guilty Pleasures podcast is available on iTunes, so you can still listen to those. Those are still quite enjoyable, and uh, I'm proud of the work that I did with those guys there. And then October 27th, we will be in uh, Waterloo at Crooked Sword Comedy. Oh, yeah, and I guess uh, I'm starting to do monthly shows at the Duke in Toronto at Leslie and uh, Leslie Street and Queen East. Uh, and so come out to those. It's the last Sunday of every month. So come and check out a, uh, a relaunch of the uh, East End Comedy Review. And I believe Darren will be on the one in uh, November. Yep. And uh, those should be a lot of fun. So, All right. Uh, Enjoy thank Steve you Pearl. For, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, tuning in once again. And uh, here is our conversation with Steve Pearl. Uh, the last time I remember you, uh, we were at a school gig. This is like 15 years ago with Carrie Talmadge. Oh. You came along just for the ride uh-huh. to uh, Brock University, which I actually went to and I got banned from. Not from that show, but from a show before that. And then they kind of let me go back with Carrie. Uh-huh. And do, you have, do you even remember that show? Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. Or, well, let's bring him back at another troublemaker. Yes, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. they've learned their lessons. And, and put now. him with Carrie Talmadge. No, yeah. I'm not known troublemaker. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, it's, like, it's like booking Andy Dick and expecting comedy this time. Well, he's, he sucked the first time. We brought him back. We thought he'd be better. He just he peed on there the whole front row. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. The uh, I just um, now how do you, you know? It's always funny. Like Canadians' views of Americans is usually just through what we see on TV uh-huh. and uh, Fox News. Yeah. Oh, well, we don't. I think. It's raining. It's Obama's fault. Right, right. (laughs) um, It's. uh, I always just want to like thank you guys for just uh, such fascinating television uh, coming up to your like elections. Not even it's like 2016. Exactly. It's like 14 months away. Right. 13 months away. And what's crazy in Canada, we have an election uh, coming up, and we had 11 weeks. Yeah. From from the announcement of the election uh, to the actual election yeah. was eleven weeks, and they polled Canadians, and most Canadians were like, "No, that's too much time." Yeah, no, yeah, it's almost yeah. like we we almost would want to get it done in a week if we yeah. could. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I, I just I just I find that fascinating. I'm, I'm surprised they weren't you know running right after the 2012 election. You know, well, Obama has won again the second term, but the other people are campaigning for 2016 now. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for both systems where you know uh, there's going to be an election at this point uh-huh. exactly when, and then the Canadian one where it's sort of like, well, we've well our. Our prime minister is pissed us off enough that we have to get an election. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you guys make a lot more sense than we do. We're just like, you know, it's always advertising and advertising and advertising. we got to do this, and I'm running for president. Vote for me. I know it's a year and a half away, but I don't like what Obama's done. He's, it's, we still have gravity. I don't want gravity. Look what Obama did. <laughs> things fall down. We don't want things to fall down. We want things to go up. <laughs> well, do you, ever, do you ever, do you know that, um, I guess, I mean, they're not a real news group, but uh, they have, like, their own internet channel and stuff. Um, like, the, the, the group, the 
do you have you ever heard the the Young Turks? Do you know no, them? They're like a, they're like a very sort of like libertarian sort of like a left wing left leaning sort of political uh, voice uh, on the internet. But they um, it was weird. I mean, I think on the same night that we had uh, a debate and then you guys had a debate, uh, yeah. um, they just did a big contrast of just like it was just sort of. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing going back and forth of just like. <laughs> one, and, and, one was like a Disneyland, and the Canadian one was like a, a local fair. You know, yeah. like well, Carney Rice once said that uh, Robert Williams said that uh, Canada on top of America is like a Quaker apartment on top of a meth lab. So, yeah. <laughs> so what would what would Mexico be? Just uh, a, a, Mexico, the shitter. Yeah, we were, they make the meth, so, <laughs> and then they bring it to the lab. Yeah, I guess I, I mean I, I'm always curious how many Americans were just like, well, where did this meth come from? Yeah. I want some homegrown meth. Yeah. Homegrown meth, yeah. The uh, cherry meth, very, much better. <laughs> One third of the paranoia of all the other meth. I uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just a it's and it's. I don't know, so it's one of those weird things where it was like, how, how do, you, do you want your politics to be entertaining or do you want it just to be... Cause it's Formative. Always, yeah, because there's always a part of me that's like, I, I think it, it, it shouldn't be that exciting. It should be kind of... Exactly, but it, well, a lot of people, especially Americans, like smoke and mirrors and shiny objects, and that's what Donald Trump has brought to it, and a little bit of touch of Don Rickles, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's in there. Just, you know, at least somebody's making me laugh. You know? Well, it's funny. Last night on The Daily Show, they took a bunch of Donald Trump quotes, and they put them up right beside all the uh, quotes from Idi Amin. And, <laughs> and they're both saying the exact same thing of like, eh. and, you know, Donald Trump is like, Everybody likes me. I'm very popular, and then it goes cuts to idiom. Meaning, like, I am very, I am very. The people love me. I'm very popular. I have all the money. They wish they were me, yeah. and, uh, and it's just it's 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 uh, amazing the amount of uh, um, similarities that those two have. Now, do you yeah, think you think many... Trump's got a chance? Personally, I think he's a closet Democrat, and he's doing this to split the vote because the GOP. I'm thinking maybe we'll might say, "Well, he's too crazy for us. We'll get one of these guys." Ted right. Cruz, he looks like Grandpa Munster. Let's get him. And uh, Donald Trump would run as an independent, splitting the vote. They go, "He winked to Hillary." I know he's friends with the Clintons. He's friends with a lot of people. He's a businessman. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but that's just my little nickel and dime uh, theory about it. So um, I, I hope he, <laughs> I hope he and, doesn't win. And if he won, would you stay in the country, or do, would you seriously uh, consider? Finland is looking a lot better these days. How many Jews are in? I can be their king. Who's gonna do? How uh, I don't know. I, I I watch that stuff on TV, and I think there's a very good chance that uh, that like he that, that that he could. Well, I think that it's I don't scary. know. I don't know if scary. he could if he'd win the nomination, but I know I, there's a part of me that thinks that like I could see him not getting the nomination, and then all of a sudden uh, he just uh, steps up and he holds. Because didn't he sign a pledge that he wouldn't? Uh, yeah, run as an independent. Yeah, but that's not a legal document or anything. He said, "Well, I, you know, I changed my mind because I got to be president. I'm going to add another yeah. day to the week, Fours Day, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fours Day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Fours Day. You can do whatever you want. You can run, jump, play. There'll be no gravity on Fours Day. You can float. You can do anything. And, then, and trees will grow candy corn. You can have because I can do this. I, I've already had the president. I've already won. I got 400 percent of the vote. The election is just a formality. I'm in. I'm in. And that other girl, Fiona, she's bleeding. That little cunt. She's bleeding from somewhere. I don't know. No, I didn't mean that. I what I meant. Well, yeah. Oh my God! I just, and uh, and yeah, how he. Uh... And nothing seems to hurt him. Nothing seems no, like... No, he's got this force field around him or something. He's like this guy, a seasoned comedian, you know, who's been through everything. Nothing can bring me down. You know? But, I mean, it get kind of like... Uh, I mean, I remember Ross Perot and what an entertaining guy he oh, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what fucked up uh, the... Is that what fucked up the, the Clinton came... Or that's what allowed Clinton to really get in... Wasn't it because... Uh, Perot 
ran in 92, and he was an independent. And um, So he split the vote with the uh, the Republicans. Yeah, I think he split the vote more with the Republicans because he came on more as a conservative. If I remember, the guy looked like he had like 12 haircuts a day. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need an ear trim while I'm at it. These are reaching the top of my head. Well, I remember he bought infomercial time on oh, like yeah. all three networks. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it's like Trump. He financed it himself. He had enough money, you know, so he could do whatever he wanted. It didn't help, but uh, it well, kind of helped split the vote. And but I can totally see Trump just not getting the nomination and then just holding up the pledge and then tearing it up yeah. and people going apeshit exactly. for it. Yeah, I don't believe what they do. Yeah. I don't believe in this candidate. I'm going to run myself. I have to run because I tell you, I'm going to take the anchor babies. I know you don't like the term anchor babies. What we're going to do is take all the anchor babies and teach them the words to put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> and they'll be Paul anchor babies. Get it? Get it? Get it? Presidential humor. It's funny. It's funny. Touch my hair. It's real. Well, I like it. I mean, he's married basically three anchor ladies. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> no, no, wait. Three or two? No, no, two. And then Marlo Maples was his second wife. Uh-huh. I like the, it was a one quote that he had that he doesn't like women in the military because women are not good at keeping secrets. That was one of the, I swear <laughs> no that, was, that was one of his quotes. I, he really said that? He said that. And then my response to that was like, well, Marla Maples was pretty good at keeping a secret from your first wife oh, while you were having wow. an affair on her. They have a yeah. whole extra area inside themselves to hold secrets. That's, they're they're much right. better than us. That's right. the, yeah, the secret, put a capsule in there. Yeah, the secret hole. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Well, <laughs> that one's been in there for a while. Yes. Uh, do, you, do, do you like, uh, like uh, coming up to Canada? Do you, how much do you I notice? I love coming up to Canada. I wish I had a longer tour here. I've been coming up here since 89 and pretty fairly well once or twice a year until about aught seven <laughs> and then it stopped and then I, they had me in Vancouver about a year and a half ago at the beginning of uh, 14 I guess and uh, now, I'm, now I'm here and I just wish I was here longer you know just one week and run but I love coming up here people seem to be a bit more laid back a lot smarter there's a very low asshole ratio up here so yes America's right the roof and uh, it, it might be your history because America is like, you know, coming here with slaves and stealing land and killing Indians and starting wars. And Canadian history is more like, well, we had a few beers to settle here, eh? So, you know, a little mellow. <laughs> so, but uh, I've, had it, I've, I've always had a great time every time I've come now, up here. Now, back in like 89 when you would come up, would it be just a couple dates or would you actually Oh, no. The they give me like a month or like six weeks or yeah, something. There was that's a what whole thing through the West or, you know, whatever they had. I met, you know, uh, you know, Kerry Talmadge. That was the first, yeah. <laughs> my first tour. Like, oh, this is going to be fun. So, you know. And uh, I just, I always love coming up here since then. I didn't know what the audience would be like the first time. I was really scared. Ooh, I have a joke about clouds. Do they have clouds in Canada? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have yeah, a joke yeah. about beef. Do they have beef there? So, the first time I saw you was probably in 94, I think, 94, 95, uh, on one of your big tours. Uh-huh. And uh, it was the first time um, I'd seen someone kind of destroyed at that level. Like, I'd seen other comics in short sets, but not as a headliner kind of take over a room. Yeah. Like, I mean, take control of a room. Yeah, I've seen comics, you know, plow through and get laughs, but like, there was a there was a real kind of disconnect versus what had gone on before you. Yeah, you know, versus what you kind of do. Yeah, and I really kind of like appreciated that from the very beginning. And oh, I don't want to say that influenced me to kind of take the bull by the horns as soon as you get oh, on you stage. Oh, you do big time, man. But it definitely it definitely was a factor oh, for me. You. Well, you know, I, I just that's just the way my style developed when I started. Yeah. I was just, hey, you ever notice one? And you just keep doing it, and somehow I got into this crazy gonzo style, and it works most of the time. So, you know, I just enjoy it. That's the only way I can perform. I can't, you know, hey, you, know, you ever notice one? You know, right. I work for some people. I just like to get up there and just be a tornado for about 45 minutes to an hour, and uh, it just seems to work. So, you know, whatever it is I do, I still haven't figured out what it is, but it, 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 it's fun. So they seem to like it. 
The uh, I, I always find it funny when a lot of Americans uh, do come up here. I forget. I think this was ages ago, but I remember like a, a, an American comic on stage, and he actually asked the audience, "Do you guys have bottled water?" <laughs> and, and there was a one moment of just like, "Well, did they literally like put a blindfold on you and throw you into the minivan and then throw you like into the club <laughs> and right on stage?" It's just thinks it's all igloos up here, and people go, "Hey, hey, hey!" You know, they, they just have the uh, the uh, stereotypical uh, version of Canada. They've never been here, and I didn't know what it'd be like the first time I went. Up and yeah, like, hey, this is cool. Man. I know, but I, I, I'm such an asshole. I'd want to yell, "No, we don't have that." <laughs> Every <laughs> reference, no. We have bottled syrup, you assholes. No, we don't that. have that. No. <laughs> yes, Do you have indoor plumbing? No. <laughs> Yeah. What are these toilets you speak of, Earthly? It'd be funny if you had someone yell back, "No, we have all the water up here. Yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah. fresh running. Yeah. Can we have some. And if we, if, and if, as a country, if we only had the balls to treat our water like you guys treat your oil, <laughs> yeah, then, exactly, then we would be yeah. in huge exactly. business. But yeah, well, actually, I think our our oil, like, uh, yeah, was it? Anyways, it was, there's a bunch of crazy shit with Alberta and, and them, uh, uh, the the pipeline that's going to be going through the states. I think uh, and the. Uh, yeah. But everyone's sort of like, everyone's, but all that anyway. All that oil's going to China. Just the, the Nestle's same. has all the water. Damn you, Nestle's! Attention out there. Just eat Hershey bars. Nothing but Hershey bars. <laughs> That's another funny thing about Trump, though. He blames China for taking like American jobs, where it's sort of like, no, America has set up a system that makes it easy for corporations to exactly, to take yeah, their they jobs. They save money, and they, they, yeah. a business the goal of a business is to make money. They make bigger profits. They move overseas. It shouldn't be that way. And uh, Mr. Trump, by the way, your ties and shirts are made in. China. Well, so, yeah, there's that famous Letterman set, right? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah he calls him on, him on it. Then, yeah, uh, it's yeah, great. So, so uh, that's different. That's different. The ties are made of They have tie trees over there. And they grow <laughs> ties, and I, we got a good profit. Blah 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 blah. But I mean, it's just—it is one of those things that like nobody cares to fact check when you're uh, when you're that level of celebrity, and it's almost that people just sort of their eyes just sort of gloss over. Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. They just reminds me of the you've seen that footage, old timey footage of like Hitler campaigning, and this is oh, they show a crowd of German, and one woman is like just ah, yeah, it's like the Beatles, you know. Right. Ah, it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of that, that Trump is trying to wipe out a race of people. <laughs> we. Yeah. Was the funny was that uh, the Pope supposedly met that Kim Davis woman oh, yesterday? He lost fifty thousand points on the Pearl Respecto meter when he did that, man. And I thought he was cool. But I mean, and then someone posted a photo of like when Hitler met the Pope in like yeah. nineteen like thirty six or something <laughs> like that. And it's just sort of like maybe meeting the Pope's not that big yeah, a deal. Different Pope, different Pope. Right. I mean, like he's yeah, he's he's from. Uh, uh, not, where's where's the the new pope from? Is he from Brazil or or um, uh, is he Spaniard or something? Uh, he's from uh, Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> hey, bless this. Stay right here. Right. I, got, I got your holy water right here. <laughs> but he, uh, but yeah, I mean, he still comes from the same place that all the other popes did. Oh, so yeah, he, he's not that. Yeah, Pope land. He's from yeah. Pope land. Yes, yes, popcorn for everyone. Jiffy Pope. Yeah, <laughs> he comes from that that uh, that country that uh, was. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, it was the was it Mussolini allowed the Vatican to become He's from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Oh, Argentina, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, so, uh, he, so it's like... That's sort of Pope land. But, I mean, uh, well, Mussolini was the guy that made the Vatican allowed to be its own country. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a country made out of gold. You're sort of like, well... Well, you could sell a little bit I, of that, make I, some. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just yeah less touchy touchy, more selly selly. People begging on the street, starving. A lot of these guys are wearing like ten thousand dollar rings, and you know, yeah. this is. I don't think Jesus was thinking of big business, you know, when he was around. So, you know, we can we can incorporate, and then we can make more. <laughs> <laughs> get, out of here. get out of here, beggar! I got no time for you. You know who I am? 
JC, baby, JC, the king of it all. That's always one of the things that, like, I've, I've tried to work it into a joke as, as stand up, but usually audiences just stare back at me. But whenever I say, uh, yeah, you know how I feel, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a twin. That's his closer. <laughs> Do you ever, uh, but like, it was one of those moments of just like uh, when it comes to uh, people becoming um, uh, public domain. And because uh, I guess like, uh, um, but but like nobody ever worries like like Jesus's face is on everything. Yeah. And they always want him to come back. And I'm always like, well, what if he comes back and he wants the royalties from everything that his face has already been on? Yeah. And my always thing was always just like, well, if you thought Disney had good lawyers, yeah. I mean, what, imagine what kind of lawyers yeah. that God yeah. would have. Yeah. So or the son I of never God. Never do that joke before. Uh, it's, well, I probably just well, once or twice, and right. then I was just like, well, let's put in the back. It, uh, but it, it is one of those weird things of just like, well. Let's let's put this guy's. Uh, but then also it comes down to the old Bill Hicks joke, just like uh, of uh, everyone wears the cross, and wouldn't that be the last thing that uh, exactly, Jesus would yeah, want to see? Yeah. It was just like, oh, why, why couldn't you just wear your my favorite chair around <laughs> like my my comfy my comfy chair at home? I got a coffee like table around my neck. Jesus yeah, like coffee. It's a <laughs> That's the table I used to sit at and do all my work at. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a uh, it's, it's one of those funny things. It's it, great. I wish he'd just go after more of the uh, the, uh, uh, the pedophiles in the Vatican and uh, elsewhere, and maybe he should go after them instead of meeting with some modern day segregationist and supporting her. Your holiness. How long have you been doing stand up now? It's been since 35? four Beatles roamed the earth. Oh, I remember nice. the wheel had just been invented. I first time I ever did it was seventy seven in in New York at, at my I was graduating the School of Visual Arts at a talent show. And everyone said, you're funny, you're funny, you should sign up. And I wouldn't do it because I was afraid to talk publicly. But uh, somebody signed me up, and I was there, and I had a few beers. So I went, okay, I'll go on. I went on, I killed. Right. Now, if I had died, I probably never would have done it again. But I killed for some reason. Yeah. And I go, wow, this is easy. So I started hitting clubs in New York a little bit, not a lot. But I consider, I really count myself starting in 79 when I moved to San Francisco and just dove into it head first. I was and, like every night. And of the crew on. that was... Around that time in '79, San Fran. Uh, are there still any doing stand-up? Sure, you got. Uh, well, Michael Pritchard is more of a motivational speaker and uh, and bully fighter, but you got uh, Larry Bubbles Brown. You got your Will Durst. You got uh, a lot of people. You know, not a lot, but enough. You know, enough. Yeah, yeah. John, yeah. Johnny Steele, Mark, Mike Meehan, uh, uh, Mark Pitta. Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's some of us old timers still left. No, just because for some reason in our business, if you're if you get past like 20 years, they consider you almost like a veteran. You know, what I mean, in in this game. It's yeah, like, I've been doing it almost 25 now, yeah. and uh, I don't consider myself a veteran in terms of uh, of uh, just because the number. Uh -huh. uh, but there are a lot of young comics that view that as like, oh my god, 25 years, and I'm sure they couldn't even relate to say 37 or 38. Exactly, you're so comics who are 24, you know, oh, before you know they hear about John Lennon, like we heard about John Garfield. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a there's like two generations behind us doing it now. The last generation is in their 40s now, but. Uh, uh, what was the question? And, and, well, when did you move to L.A. and then said, okay, I'm going to do this in I'm, L.A.? Okay, I got in. Uh, I worked with Sam Kinison in the, in the mid-'80s in San Francisco. And he go, hey, oh, man, you're good. you got to come to L.A. you got to come to L.A. you got to come to L.A. Right. I'll get you into the comedy store. And so uh, I went down to L.A., and lo and behold, he was there. And Mitzi, who would hardly ever be there when you auditioned, he, she was there, and he kind of grabbed her and made her watch me and cornered her in her chair. you got to watch this guy. and better hire him. I'm going to burn this place to the ground. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, that's what I heard. He's told her I'm gonna fill it with cement and burn it to the ground but uh, and 
I went on. I had a kick-ass set, and she hired me on the spot. So by on June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven, I packed all my stuff, and uh, you know I was making trips to L.A. from San Francisco between the time getting accepted in late eighty six and June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven. When I just drove down there Tell and then I sat at the Holy City Zoo in San Francisco, and just and my car was outside with the U haul and everything ready. Did my set, got in the car, and drove to L.A. and I moved there then. And uh, it was fun for about five years, and then it wasn't so much. And was was this during the outlaw period where he had his outlaw yep, comics? Yep. Right. Yeah, he was he was riding high high then. He was yeah. big. Roseanne was big. Dice was getting big, um, and Sam was at the comedy store all the time. And Carl LeBeau and uh, Mitchell Walters. Yeah. And, all and did guys. you ever have a, a relationship with Dice? Like, did you know him? Kind of. Not yeah. really. I'd right. say hello. I didn't hate him or nothing. But no, but just cordial, but nothing. Yeah, yeah, cordial. Say hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, got, he'll always give you a light when you need one. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a cigarette. I got a cart. It's awkward because they always puts it behind his head. Yeah, the whole like... carton behind his ear. I don't know how he did it. But, hey, that's a carton. It's super cool. Hey, thanks. Dice was always... Uh, I, I was never a huge fan of Dice when I... Uh, like when he was actually big. Like I'd, I'd see him... Yeah. But what was funny with, with Tim was that he'd always complain about... Whenever someone would find him offensive, and then he would always be like, "Hey, but I'm playing a character." Nothing. But I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, but that's the only character you've you've done. So yeah. what are we supposed and to? He does it off stage, twenty four seven. Hey, yeah. it's a cow. You do it. You want me to do dice? Okay, now I'm doing dice. Yeah. Okay, now I'm in. You know, yeah. he was the same guy. But it's like the, he had like a reality show for a little while. Oh, yeah. Was uh, Dice Undisputed or yeah, something I like heard that? Of it. I didn't see it. Oh, it was just an uncomfortable thing because yeah. it wouldn't it. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like uh, when you'd see uh, like I guess for some comedy fans it would almost be like uh, the same thing for like heavy metal fans when they would see like the Osbournes because yeah, it was yeah. like it's sometimes you don't want the curtain to be pulled yeah, back exactly. on some yeah. of your on your on your icons and then you know when it's they, like meeting it's like meeting a band that you loved and they're dicks to you like which yeah. has happened to me all of a sudden it's like I wish I didn't I, now, exactly, now now if it's whole... a band I like I purposely and I've had opportunities I don't want to meet them yeah because yeah, I but... don't want to know because it's like if they're they cunts, say, they say don't meet your heroes yeah disappoint. I was lucky meeting Johnny Winter and Rob and those guys are turned out to be great guys but uh, yeah they say you know just stay away you know, yeah keep, keep the illusion going keep the curtain there so now the the thing about Kinnison and, and just to go on top of what you said about Everyone always thinks because of my style, I love Kinnison because uh-huh. I scream and I jump around. And I, and for me, even being a 14-year-old boy, the first um, uh, comedy albums I ever bought was E equals M O squared. So Emo Phillips mm-hmm. and Sam Kinnison in Florida. Uh-huh. I bought the two of them. My parents had no idea I had the Kinnison album. <laughs> and even at that age, I only liked his stuff on religion. I didn't like the kind of anti-women or anti-gay stuff yeah. at the time. But I felt that he because I kind of knew a bit of the backstory about religion, he took it from an, an, an angle that I'd never heard before. Exactly. He took it where it never you know, And it. some of the Third World Hunger stuff was good too, yeah. but that was the only stuff that I kind of gravitated towards. It's kind of like um, Pryor. Whenever he talks about his pain, yeah. I gravitate towards it. When yeah. he talks about sex or anything else, yeah. it's not really my bag or exactly. the thing that I like, but for, whether it's my own pain or my own life, I kind of gravitate towards. <laughs> yeah. That's what I found very interesting. Yeah, well, there's certain points of it you really like and some you didn't care yeah. for. So yeah. I, you know, I liked a lot of what Sam said exactly like the anti-women he was kind of a misogynist and uh, but uh, that's but Kenny, Kenny Robinson always said to me if you saw 
Kinnison live, rip a room apart. Like there's been no one that he's, he's he said there's been no one like it since. Yeah, when he was on it, and yeah, he, you know, the last couple of years of his life, he wasn't on it. It was as a lot of people said he was like a bad parody. A right. bad parody is doing a Sam Kinison impression. Like when his comedy albums became more music than oh than yeah, stand-up. I'm a heavy metal guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, as, I'm, I'm as good as Ted Nugent on the guitar, which is very good. But, uh, yeah, but uh, no, but when you know he when you saw him when he was right before he hit, and when he you know first couple of years after he hit, you know you never saw anything like that in your life. Was like what, hearing good guitar players and seeing Jimi Hendrix. Go, Whoa, yeah. what is this? But I, again, I wasn't a huge Kinison fan. It wasn't a lot that I could relate to it. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of uh, comics nowadays just a me. I think they say, "Oh, I'm a huge Richard Pryor fan," uh-huh. because they think that's something that every you comic is supposed yes. to you have say. To say it, he won't get respect. You better yeah. know what he did, though. So, yeah. But it's sort of like yeah. I mean, I I, I was a, a big. Uh, for me, it was more uh, like I, I love Steve Martin because it was just silly and it was relatable to not. I mean, it was relatable to me because it wasn't really personal to him. It was all just really silly, funny stuff. Oh, it was really right. outside the box for its time, and it's yeah. you know, still funny. He's still you know, there's just different flavors, and some people like certain flavors, some people don't like certain flavors. Well, like the only vinyl I collect are comedy albums, and my favorite Steve Martin one is the uh, is the Steve Martin Brothers, where one side is his banjo music, oh, yeah, the and then Martin the other side is. Uh, is him doing stand up, yeah. but it's in the later years, right, really right before he stopped doing it. Yeah. And um, he does, uh, it's him at the comedy store, uh-huh. and he's, it's the real me uh, bit where he's, uh, he goes up on stage and he just is like, he's like, uh, Good evening, motherfuckers. How the fuck are you doing? This is the real me, and if you don't like it, fuck you. I love coming down here to the motherfucking comedy store. I watch all the new fucking comics on stage. I steal their material, and they don't mind because I'm that fucking good. Then I go on the motherfucking Tonight Show, and I kill, and you're, just, you're listening to it going like, yeah, some of this is uh, a character, but then a lot of it is like, not the, not the stealing bits part, yeah. but just him being like, you know, fuck you, I don't I'm need crazy. this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not in an arrogant way, but just because, I mean, Steve Martin said he kind of quit at the end because uh, people weren't even listening to him anymore. Oh, you they just... were yelling out for requests for bits, you know. Yeah. Do the arrow, do the rubber chicken, do this. Well, I mean, you must have saw that when you hung out with Robin in the beginning when he became, you know, the Mork phase and all that, uh-huh. where audiences would just probably just yell out shit. Like, they just couldn't believe he's on stage. Yeah, right? yeah, but uh, no, dude, he knew how to control it, man. He could just, you know, he could have like four hecklers in different parts of the room and just get them all. He right. Was just like, I just said, whoa, this, this motherfucker is so quick. Holy shit. You know, and especially when you come into a little club like the Holy City Zoo. Right. And I remember the first time he came in, I didn't know him. I go, that, that's not him. That's the guy who looks like him. And he went on stage at the Red Beret on I go, oh, my God, he's here. Yeah. Because he was from San Francisco. So whenever he had off time from L.A., Mark and Mindy, whatever, he'd be up there. And that's how we met, you know, just uh, see him a lot and all that stuff. So, but no, he could he could handle any room. You know? Right. Yeah. Was, well, I think it's on the reality, what a concept album. Someone yells out, uh, hey, do Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, well, you know, and he's like, oh, that's something I do on TV, but this is something different. So. There's no more tonight, yeah. and he shuts people down pretty quickly on it. But it's uh, but then I always love George Carlin because uh, you know I don't think even in the entire George Carlin career we never really knew George as a person. But like he would talk about like his growing up as a kid oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the funny stuff, and then. What was what I what I loved about George was even I think after he was jamming in New York in '92, he saw um, 
that's where he saw Sam Kinison for the first time, yeah. and he changed his style from the observational, hey, you ever noticed, you know, yeah. to the, uh, you know, fuck oh, you, you angry, motherfuckers. Yeah. Real, real yeah. funny, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So me after, too. After his wife passed away, yes. he got, I don't know if what they, Sam had something to do with or his wife passing away, but he got from really cancer. angry, really dirty, and really, really, really funny. That yes. he never was, it wasn't funny, but he just, I thought he took it up to the next level, because I love that later stuff. Man. Well, it's just, uh, but yeah, yeah, he credits Sam Kinison. Oh, yeah, him. The things that for Sam, so I think it was right after Sam died. The, uh, but yeah, 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 just a, a completely. And I mean, some people are sort of like, ah, I like the old George because I remember seeing him at the at a venue at the well Roy Thompson Hall, which is Roy Thompson Hall, which is a famous one. Yeah, it's like a, you know people go there for symphonies, but George was practicing one of his HBO specials, and I mean, about ten minutes into the show. Someone got up out of the audience, walked to the front of the stage, and threw his, their program on the stage. Because, and this was clearly, well, you want you want the hippy dippy weatherman. Yeah. And yeah. this is clearly not that guy yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, it's like booing the Beatles later. We want the yeah 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 Beatles, not the let me take you down. Yeah. Well, they're evolving, you know. Right. Well, there's a George, there's a John Lennon interview where this woman says. Uh, you know, I liked you oh, before, yeah. where you were the mop top, yeah. and all, and and then and then John Lennon's like, "Well, I grew up, lady. You should yeah, too." Yeah, right. You know, I'm not a lovable mop top anymore. You know, I've yeah. grown up. Have you? Yeah, he's like, "Well, that's that's you know, it's like you know, there's what's funny is like there's if you want to go and see your idols the way they once were. I mean, that's what the great thing about YouTube, YouTube. is. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. Let's go back to 1975, boink. There it is. You yeah. Know, but, but, here it is today, so you know you got to yeah. deal with what people are doing today. So yeah, and some people evolve; they they change their style or they may elevate it. You know who knows? And some people can't handle that. I remember there was a, a, a clip I saw of American Bandstand where they showed a clip of Strawberry Fields, the Beatles. What made me think of it? And uh, the kid, and they asked, and Dick Clark asked the kids, "Well, well I don't like the mustaches and the ones wearing glasses, and this music's a little strange." <laughs> you know, it's something new. It's the next level. Go with it. They're going to take you somewhere. So uh, you know, some people can accept it, some can't. Yeah, it's just. Uh, do you ever like? I mean, I, I saw you a little bit last night, and uh, I know, like, you have my sympathy. <laughs> well, it's just it's uh, no oh, refunds, no refunds. Oh, and and uh, and you made reference to it because I think I was the guy uh, in the back that uh, had a big cackle when you referenced. Uh, uh, back in your day, uh, running a train was... Oh, yeah, uh, running a train was Jack Lane showing off a feat of strength. It was a simple... That was you, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard a Jack Lane reference on stage before. But that's, that, that's, I, that, that's what I love. It's like when, when I see a comic just make a reference to something... And it even means more to me that if I'm the only one that gets I like, it. I like, well, that's where a lot of my references are from there. You know, I was born at the end of 55, so right. I'm going to be 60 in November 16th. Send presents and money. But uh, so that's where most of my references are. I try to update some of it. I used to have a, I might see a, a whole table of drinks. Hey, it's the William Holden starter set. Well, you know how many people are going to get it. So now I'll, I'll say, hey, it's the Amy Winehouse starter set. It beats writing new material. Yeah. Fill yeah. in the blank yeah. with something new. But, uh uh, you know, you just, I, I try to keep some of them modern, but most of my references are these obscure, you know, weird, semi-obscure, you know. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I even, I mean, like I'm, I'm in my early, early forties, and it's like, uh, but I still feel like I get trapped in that hole of just like. You know, hey, I remember when there weren't no cell phones and, you know, you couldn't oh, yeah, constantly right. say, oh, I'm texting you to say I'm showing up late or something. Yeah. Like, you had to be at places on time exactly, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I remember dialing my friend from Oberman 7300. 
But look at it now. Yeah, and you try to yeah you try to you try to tell someone about it uh, when you used to do crank phone calls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll never yeah. find out who did it. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you ball. ever worry about because of the age of the crowds not getting it? So you have to take in a real emphasis and kind of peeling it back and changing the references a bit. Oh, or? if the crowd's my age, I worry about it. Uh, and, uh, um, I have worried about that, but I've gone on for some like uh, a couple of years ago. I was doing a, a set in San Francisco, and uh, it was like Friday early, and it was like mo- it was like a bachelorette party. It was mostly women uh, in their early twenties. Like, uh, I'm a dead man. Yeah, I'm a dead. And I went and I fucking killed. They were great, man. Right. And uh, I don't know if they got the references. They just like my presence or the goofy yeah, yeah, face. Or, yeah. I don't know. Who something cares? That worked. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? I just don't analyze it. Yep, just, yep. And they were great. So I go, I guess it can work. You know, funny is funny. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, I try to keep some references. Where they, they would get them, but I pretty much did what I I'm, did. They, I'm like, always surprised. Uh, that, like, yeah, like sometimes they get them. And then you think this is so obvious that they should get it. Uh, and then they don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I get you that know, too, like, yeah. like for, I don't want to just quote a joke. But I used to do this joke about the Beatles. I know you'll appreciate this. Well, after George Harrison died, I said that, I don't know if you noticed, or not, but the Beatles first, um, uh, Stuart Sutcliffe died, then Lennon, now yeah. Harrison. The Beatles are dying in order of artistic credibility. <laughs> I said, Look out, Ringo, you're next, right? That was the joke, right? And yeah. I'm not saying that's a brilliant joke, but most people didn't even know who Stuart Sutcliffe was, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'm I like, could, I don't I think that's definitely... that deep in the well of Beatles trivia, but uh, for oh, most yeah. people, I guess it was, yeah. I do one with Beatles quotes, you know, John Lennon, all you need is love, Paul McCartney, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, Pete Best, table seven, your fries are ready, table <laughs> you know, well, they're gonna know who Pete Best is, yeah. but the older people laugh, the younger, yeah. people, well, I want to seem like I get it too, so okay. yeah, yeah, but uh, like, I don't know how often you like to uh, if it gets brought up, uh, but um, was it uh, the, the host as he was outroing you last night, he mentioned uh. He was like, uh, Robin Williams stole a, a few jokes from this guy. And then as soon as I heard him say that, I was sort of like... I told you not to mention that on the show. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you were sort of, but then you turned around and said, "Ah, he stole more than a few." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is sort of like, and then I was immediately like, "Oh, thank God," because it's. Uh, but I mean, it is one of those subjects. Like to, let it rest. You know, the guy, the man is is gone now. But uh, it, it, yeah, it happened. You know, so and I got paid for my trouble. So you know, it, he still he was still fucking brilliant at all times. Right. And he was still, you know, it, it, you know, his shit was funnier than so many comics I see who put him down for that. So, you know, judge not. And I, and I think judge. and I think a lot of when he went on the, the Marin podcast uh-huh. and, and kind of put it out there from his perspective. Yeah, sure. And and then you did one. I think I think I did mine the first. day before. So that's he gave me a nice mention on his. The next right. Day, so I, I think uh, and even for me, because I carried a lot of anger towards that because I'm no fan of thieves. Exactly. Um, and I and I know how hard comics work to, for their jokes. And I really did. I always loved him as an actor. But as soon as I, as soon as I found that out, it kind of. But then as soon as I heard the Mark Maron thing and heard your episode, uh-huh. a lot of it kind of went away. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, you know what? The mistakes you make as a young comic, uh-huh. especially under a microscope that very exactly. few of us can, like can understand. Everybody, you know, I'm not justifying the thievery, but I, I understand some of it. It's like. We're never going to understand that whirlwind because that kind of whirlwind's never going to happen no, again no, like that. No. Um, but how important was it for you that because near the end I saw a lot of pictures. You guys were hanging out. Yeah, a lot. I mean, we, when I moved back up to San Francisco, again. we reconnected and I saw him all the time. We went to his wedding. He invited us to stay with him in New York when he yeah. had to play. He got me and my fiance into a private show he did with the entertainer was him, John Fogarty, and Paul McCartney for six hundred. I saw people. those pictures. Yeah, and uh, come on, you got the guy was so fucking generous and yeah. nice and everything. And uh, I also know that a lot of people say, well, you know, his mind goes so fast, maybe. He doesn't remember everything, and I, I did well. I got a good memory. I remember, so I didn't believe that. But then 
I realized it was true because uh, one day I'm wearing a T-shirt with a picture of Dwayne Allman on it, the slide guitar genius mm-hmm. Allman Brothers. And Robin goes, who's that? He goes, Dwayne Allman, the slide guitar genius founded the Allman Brothers band. Ten days later, I see him again. I'm wearing the same shirt. And I yes, I did wash it. And uh, <laughs> he goes, who's that? I go, it's Dwayne Allman, the slide guitar genius. Yeah, yeah. Then I see him four days later. I go, who's that? I say, it's Dwayne Allman, the slide guitar genius. <laughs> right. So uh, he just didn't remember. He had so much stuff going through his mind. Yeah. So I think he would say something, and then maybe right after he said it, he realized, oh, you know, so, <laughs> I think yeah. I got to make out a check. And, but, you know, uh, drugs are involved, and it was yeah, a different sure. era and, and sure, all that. it was a totally different era. Everybody was going crazy. And later on, when I saw him, once I reconnected, I never saw him do anybody else's stuff, ever, ever, ever. It was yeah. all his stuff. And uh, he just, he just you know, said, okay, I'm going to make a conscious effort not to do this. It's not right. Right. And he was a decent guy, you know, and he did, yeah. and he did the right thing. And he was still absolutely hysterically brilliant. You know, there's a famous, not famous, a, a well-known story in Toronto amongst actors and people that were on the set. When he was doing Death to Smoochie here, uh-huh. um, they had to do some ice skating routines in front of thousands of people. Uh-huh. And there was some kind of technical problem. I don't know if you know the story or not. No. There was a technical problem where they couldn't shoot for like 45 minutes. Uh-huh. So he just grabbed the microphone. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. for 30 minutes. Sure. I mean, you're the of this film this whole film's on your back and for like 20 to 30 minutes he just did stand up and talk to the audience while they you know reconfigured this you know whatever was lighting or what it was and then boom we're back in and he puts the fucking monkey suit on and goes exactly anybody else would go to their trailer and squeeze this yeah and just crank one off well he was a performing junkie he loved to perform he'd go to the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley any night and he was there and most of the time he'd go on because he just loved to perform he just you know was like uh, you know now are you in that same kind of category that you're I know I am I'm addicted yeah. to performing. Yeah. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. But I know that's my kind. Why not? I, I just I, ha- I don't. <laughs> not good. But I I do feel that that's my compulsion yeah. and my addiction. Do you do you feel that? The yeah, same? I love to. I'll never when I'm you know when when I die I'll do another ten minutes before they put right. me away. I just love to do it. I'm <laughs> never going to stop doing it. And you know a lot of people. Well, I want to get a good fifteen minutes so I can get a sitcom called Hey It's Him, but then I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> right. Blah, 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 blah. And no, I just you know I'm, I'm a, we're blues men. We just got to perform and tell the story. So, like, it's weird. Like, I don't even know Margaret Cho, but I know Margaret Cho's story uh-huh. in terms of, like, in the beginning, she got a, a, a sitcom, yeah. and then she toured. She didn't do that well because she wasn't a headliner, uh-huh. but she had a lot of press. Uh-huh. And then she, you know, went back, licked her wounds, worked on Iraq, uh-huh. whether you like her or not. Much respect. I love Margaret Cho. I know comes, her. I love, I'm, I'm I love you, fan. Margaret, if you listen, I love you. Ow, 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 ow. Well, what I mean, it's, it's almost like... It's an endearing story of like she worked hard she worked and now hard. she's Margaret Cho, deserved of all the praise exactly. and, and no. selling out two, three thousand seats. Exactly. She deserves, she deserves all her happiness and success. I wish yeah. that, but she's a really, really good person. Yeah. And she started this thing called B Robin where they put on shows and raise the money to help homeless people. So, right. You know, that, that was a great idea she had. So, yeah, God, more power to her. Man. One, yeah. one other thing I want to ask you about is there's a period, because I haven't seen you in a long time, but I followed you on Facebook and everything. Yeah. And there's a period, I think, near the end of LA we were talking on the way here you kind of got not disgruntled but you just had to get out of LA I couldn't take it anymore you went to San Francisco re- reacquainted you with this woman and yeah. now she's in your life and, yeah the best man. and a lot of people think that I love you Nina great comedy only happens when you're sad or depressed no. or and I think I think some of that can happen but I think there's a bit of a tipping point that if it goes too far down that road that I don't think great comedy can come out of it I think no, you don't have to have a certain it, amount of happiness in your life if the depression the suicidal thoughts outweigh the comedy then it's yeah. not good and I, I've had great sets when I was really pissed off or had a crappy day but yeah. you know at this age I don't I don't want that I have great sets now that I'm feeling a lot better no exactly so you know I just I'd rather feel a lot better and you know do you, oh, God, well, because the show's only 
eighteen hour a day. Yeah, exactly. So you know, you know, I put a lot into that hours, but uh, still, you know, I just try to, I just try to enjoy life. I enjoy every day. Um, I stay home a lot because you know I got a lady now and two cats and the whole suburban two cats in the yard <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. But uh, you know, I go out to do shows and all that. But I'm home a lot, man. Yeah. I enjoy it. I'm older now. I wake up at the time I used to be getting in at, and I think a lot of us do that. So, yeah, of course. You know, so, yeah. You know, just I'm going to be God sixty. So uh, I'm a bit calmer. I'm a lot happier than I was in L.A. And uh, I just connected with uh, this young lady at the same at the right time, man. Because it was just, what am I going to do now? I just don't want to do this anymore. And uh, it just worked out. So, where, where can I can I can I ask where you are in the uh, on on the, uh, the the scale of partying? I mean, do you partying? Do you, do you almost, drink or do you? Smoke? I don't drink at all. Zero. I, I I I never was much of a drinker. Yeah. I gave the blow up like uh, blow up the coke uh, twenty something years and years and years ago. Right. And I did my qua my quaalude and acid phase was in high school, so that was <laughs> my psychedelic uh, downer phase. So no, I I smoke I smoke a little weed after the show. I like it. And if anybody's gonna bring some, I love you twice. And uh, <laughs> but that's it. I just smoke a little weed, you know, when the show's over, and uh, that's that's all I do. And I think my new addiction is coffee I, which was the last thing I need but the uh, last couple of years I started drinking like a nice cup of coffee in the morning that's, that's as dangerous as I get these days it, 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 it's funny because sometimes you know like I know for me sometimes even when it comes to some of those things it's sort of like like I, I remember what it's like to be that fucked up, and when you remember what it's like to be that fucked fucked up, you don't necessarily need to get that fucked exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I've been there. I've been to this party. What's what's gonna happen new? You know what's right. gonna happen? Oh, let's grind our teeth for another three days and then need more. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want at this age. If I saw a picture of cocaine, I'd have a stroke. If it happened, <laughs> I can't feel my right thigh. Well, I always found with, with, with something like coke was sort of like, well, now I can't. You know, if you, if you got to that sort of level of doing it, you couldn't like. I can't do my three favorite things: eat, <laughs> eat, eat, sleep, and fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then it's sort of like, well, this isn't fun. But even if I go into a bar now and stuff, I'm meeting my girlfriend there for like, and I'll have like a like one glass of like red wine or something uh, like that. I'll I'll be in a, in a bar and I'll, and I'll just be like, okay, well, if I concentrate enough, I can remember what it would like be like to be yeah. completely shit faced yeah. here. Yeah. So it's like then you don't even necessarily need to. There's no need, need to, to do it anymore. You, can, you have a zillion flashbacks that you can use. You well, use even in like acid and mushrooms, because I mean. I, I I wouldn't even go. To, I could even imagine going near acid anymore. No, but I, it's I like because I I did it when I was in high school. But if you've done it, then you could be like, oh well, I can imagine what it would be like to be exactly, on acid exactly. at this moment, yeah. and then you don't need to be on acid. And when again. you're young, you can pretty much do anything, and you want to explore all all avenues of uh, chemical dumb or whatever else is out there. And I enjoyed it. I regret nothing. I might I made some bad decisions, but I regret nothing. If I was younger, I'd probably do twice as much. But <laughs> and I'm and I know you're really tied to music, and you love uh, Johnny Winter and, and Johnny, all yeah. that, that that music. Did you hang out with a lot of musicians back then, and now you kind of hang out with them now, and they're they're telling almost the same story of like I get up early, I drink juice. Uh, like, well, like I work out now, whereas you know, twenty years ago, because I've I've hung out with those few musicians yeah. and they're in their forties now, and it's sure, kind of funny. Yeah, it's like well, the gig if the gig ends past eleven, it's yeah. gonna hurt for the next three days. It's so. like that's what Cocoon Four should be, just four <laughs> four bands in an old folks' home Definitely talking about the good old, old days. Old rockers, oh, yeah. yeah. You got any Metamucil? Yeah. Let's snort that for a change. Yeah. Like you met through. some of your idols, say, yeah, I'm sure. sure, right? Yeah, I was very good friends with Johnny Winter. Yeah. And in fact, I had, before he passed away, I had a great hang with him. I opened two shows. I gave him an eight-hour. Tour of San Francisco in my car nice. on a day off. We had a great time. You 
last thing we ever did was uh, get a little high and watch Casino together. And said, man, that bitch is a cunt. Why doesn't he kill her, man? What's wrong with him? For me, well, that's that's part of the fun of the movie. She's yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be a ten-minute movie if he kills her. Not yeah, but he should fucking kill her, man. She's horrible. We just had a we just had a lot of zillion great hangs together, and right. uh, you know, and he just he, he was no disappointment, man. He was he was he had the best stories in the world, especially from his perspective. You know, right. this uh, this cool possessed albino guy growing up in the, you know, the 50s and 60s and getting into rock and roll and just conquering so many odds, man. He just, it just, he was a great guy. He just enriched my life and I hope I added something to his. What's it's funny, there was like a, I remember, uh, too. there was a, uh, a club at the, there's a club on Queen Street, the Rivoli, where, um, and they have like an alternative show, whatever that means, uh, on, uh, on Mondays. And Kevin Pollack was in town shooting a movie and I guess he showed up and he got, got on stage and he did a, he did a, a couple, a few minutes. And I remember there was this hush going through the audience going like, oh man, Kevin Pollack's here, isn't that amazing? And there was a part in my head, I was like, when you, it didn't, I don't know, I wasn't starstruck or anything like that, even though I liked his stand-up yeah. and I was familiar with him. You know, he does a great Albert Brooks impression. Yeah, sure. uh, wow, and I always enjoyed him. Yeah, he's but, a very funny stand-up. Right. But, when you, but when you know the steps to become a great stand-up, uh, it's it's not not, all, not as impressive to me. But like uh, when Darren and I were doing our um, Sirius XM uh, show um, in the studio at the same time was uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, to me, it wasn't a big deal to meet a comedian because I know, oh, I know the steps. Yeah, sure. But when I met Roddy Piper, oh, yeah. I, hey, turned, I was like, well, I've got a theory about that. I just turned into this babbling idiot. Well, he's doing something you love and something we don't do. You know, right, so with yeah. Winter, it was like, Man, I wish I, I, I could do Yeah, but that. I also think it's that is different because I think it's time of childhood. Like for me, if I met Gene Wilder, uh-huh. I would not want to meet him because I'd be like nervous and it's a big thing time uh-huh. of my childhood. If I met Ronnie Dangerfield because when I was a kid watching his tapes, it's just so like iconic to me. Yeah. I would feel nervous meeting someone like that. Meeting, you know, um, Dane Cook now would mean nothing to me. Yeah, less you know, than nothing. <laughs> but I'm yeah. just saying, like in terms of it's 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 not tied to my childhood. But something like Roddy Piper, I wasn't even a huge wrestling guy, but that was part of my childhood. Yeah, sure. I would be nervous because yeah. it's it's almost wired into your brain of like this is bigger than it is. Yeah. Well, the first time I met Johnny, I was a bit nervous. But like, okay, I got to put the nervousness in the back of my head. Yeah. Meeting him. And he saw a tape of me performing, so he wants to meet me. So oh. it was just fan meeting artists. Yes. Like, Man, you were great. How do you all get up there by yourself? You know, so yeah. it was like kind of met on level way. ground, even though, you know, his talent is through the fucking roof. But, uh, you know, it just it just worked. So well, yeah. it's, ama- it's amazing that to me that it's like sometimes, like, I, I think I've, I've told this story before uh, on a previous show. But it's like, uh, I remember I was at a party once, and I was talking to a firefighter. And I told him, oh, I'm, I've, I've been doing stand-up for this many years. And a firefighter's like, oh, my God. I don't know how you get up on stage like that. <laughs> like, and I was like, like you're brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went, yeah. Went, we like, just risked our lives to put fires out. Yeah. You, you run into burning buildings. Yeah, it's like yeah, the only you know, thing that gets hurt yeah. is my ego. And then at the end, I can usually just say, ah, fuck those people. Yeah, they don't know, they, yeah. It's like yeah. you can't go that. Ah, I like fire. Yeah, fuck that burning building. Yeah. What does it know? There's other buildings. But it's, it's, the, it's, 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 it's weird because uh, – but it's like the old sort of like we – that I think people in general always want to do something that we can't do or we're impressed with something because like if I see someone play guitar or sing because yeah. I'm not I can't do any of those two things but it's sort of like whenever I see someone do any of that I'm like wow that's pretty just because I can't do that yeah uh, but when uh, but uh, so it's like 
you know, imagine a, a firefighter seeing a comic being like, oh, that's well, well, impressive to you. It's but, like, yeah, it's almost like a brother between musicians and comedians. Like, each would like to do what the other does. And, right, well, yeah. yeah. That's why Kinnison brought kind of rock and roll to yeah, comedy. Yeah, Kinnison, Heavy Metal, uh, Radiohead, and Tool. I mean, there's exactly. all, all, all these uh, bands, bands would come to see him at the yeah. comedy store. It was amazing. You know, here's Guns N' Roses, and here's these guys, and those guys, and the Plant yeah. Rats, and whatever. And, uh, you know, there is kind of a brotherhood, and... Uh, um, it just works. So. Did you Cousins. see? Did you see much of a, a pop when you did the WTF episode? Did you see much of a kind of no. like? No, <laughs> I didn't get a gig. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. I'm I got some. No, some friends of mine would go. Uh, would text me. Hey, Robert just mentioned you on WTF. That's so cool. Robert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, nothing. Nothing happened career wise. It just does not think it works that way anymore. So. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I'm not even too sure how how it works these days. Of just I, this... I don't know if it does work at all. So I don't yeah. know what the deal is. I think the industry picks out. Well, that person's shoes match the stage. Let's make them the superstar this year. Right. Well, you know what's crazy is like I, I there was like a, a I don't know if it was in a Hollywood Reporter or, or a Variety magazine of just like they literally they literally said that if there's two people that go out for an audition. Even like if like if if a if a actor or b actor goes out for an audition, even if the even if the a actor is better, but the b actor has a bigger following on Instagram, exactly. social media, yeah, Facebook, sure. MySpace, or whatever, then then they'll sadly go they'll exactly. go with the the b one yeah, b it's all actor. About numbers and uh, cash and all that. Stuff. And they just keep thinking it's like because uh, because there's all this marketing that they don't have to do anymore yeah. because then yeah, they know exactly. the actor is going to just yeah. do it too. And it's yeah. the fat Jew presses send to 5.2 million people. <laughs> exactly. That's 5.2 million people. We don't have the access to get the word out. Exactly. They already know about it. So <laughs> and it's and, and it's Which funny that, like, how many people are so. Who didn't seem bothered? Like, do you know the whole fat Jew thing of just? Um, I heard uh, about this guy. He's like stealing everybody else's stuff, or well, yeah. or he calls it like I'm the, I'm the curator. Um, I'm oh, a yeah. curator. It's research. Yeah. yeah, or it's like, oh, I, I take other people's stuff, and I just. It's sort of like, well, no. Even if you're a curator of a museum or an art gallery, you still give credit yeah, to the to people the, the who painter. the painter. It's sort of like, no, you just can't slap it on. And but but yeah, but but the, it's amazing that um, how many people aren't really bothered by plagiarism and, and stealing all that much well, anymore. I, I, I've gone uh, to Facebook, I mean, to YouTube, and I looked at Carlos Mencia clips and a lot of things, well, so what if he steals, man? Anyone can tell anyone's joking. Yeah, they don't yeah. know. They don't get it. No. It's like, you know, you just go, well, I'd like to do a Simon and Garfunkel song, as long as you give credit. But no, you don't tell another guy's joke. And a lot of people don't. Well, so it's just a joke, man. It doesn't matter who's and, telling or, it. And they say it better. Yeah, so, they're doing it better. So, you know. You know. But, that's, but that's pedestrians. Nine to Fivers will never get it. They'll never get it. They don't it. create Jokes. They yeah. don't understand how no, hard they don't it is. And... Yeah. So what's the difference if he's doing it? It's going to fight him with a brick and all But I mean, I think that's kind of caught up with Carlos Mencia too. I mean, it is. It is. And it's, as still, it well should. You know? He still did well. He still he's did still well working. on the back of thievery. He's oh yeah, no, no. But I mean, now at this moment, it's, it's sort of like I mean, it's kind of caught up with Dane Cook a little bit. I mean, there's yeah. only so long that you could sort of burn that. But bright. you can only be you can only be yeah on top as that long as possible, and you have to find. I mean. Even Robin is a stand-up, right? His acting took the center stage for him yeah. for years, and yeah. then he kind of came back to it. I just think that these guys are probably doing the same thing. Dane Cook tried movies, didn't work out. Maybe he'll come back. Uh, but you can only still – I can't believe, to be honest, Russell Peters is still at the level that he is in terms of numbers in stadiums uh, and all that, that it hasn't dipped. 
Because you'd think the natural progression is okay. Well, you're going to go back to comedy yeah. clubs. Well, but he hasn't. But I know, like Russell hasn't been overexposed on TV or movies. That's right. You don't see him all the time. But enough people know who he is. Hey, he's in town. He's which is smart. Yeah. Like after after Robin passed, and people would still talk about uh, like the uh, the the joke thievery and stuff like that. I think I mentioned in a Facebook comment. I'm like, well, if Steve Pearl is okay with it, then everyone should be okay with it. Look, look, nobody got. I I forgive everyone as long as they don't steal money from me or a dog isn't raped. You know, so yeah, it just no, man. We were we were good friends, and you know, everything all was forgiven, and you know, he did some major favors for us too, so that we didn't even ask for. So God bless him, and uh, see you. Well, I mean, just even the doors as far as like comics becoming actors uh was a, a big door that got open you know through him and sure it was funny it's like um you know if you go to the comedy store in la it's like they have uh, you know i remember seeing and neon they had like michael keaton yeah. and i had no idea that michael keaton was even a, a stand-up he was oh, yeah. a really good one too oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a very good stand-up yeah definitely I've, I've seen clips from the old days and stuff like that so the, uh, yeah it's and uh but i mean i, I it's it's just funny that like you know you like oh really him yeah stand-up? yeah he didn't get that much press when he was a comic but then he just took off with the acting but yeah he was yeah. a very good comic i like him yeah I, I never remember seeing him much as a as a as a stand-up yeah, i but, didn't know it either until i heard it and then people told me charlie hill and other guys who knew him and then i'd see old clips go whoa man this guy had it going on, but even even Albert Brooks, like you can you can go on now and watch him on the, like the Flip Wilson show yep. doing stand up. Sure. Uh, but uh, but yeah, there's uh, like did you ever have, like when when you first started? Was there like a, did you have any sort of fear as getting on stage, or was it just immediately oh, sure, like man? No, they say the the biggest fear of the public is public speaking, and mm-hmm. second biggest one is death. So, you know, yeah. So and then I think so dying on stage. It's dying a one on two stage combo. is twice. Oh no. <laughs> No, I was, but I was, oh man, for a couple, it took me three years to learn how to take the mic out of the stand. I was so nervous. So, but uh, you just keep doing it, and then the nervousness turned into anxiousness, and now, you know, it's, it's like second. Now you sure. can't wait. Yeah, you can't wait. So, you know, so, and, and, and back then I would use the nervousness, and then, you know, sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. You know, it's kind of like one of those things like bungee jumping. Like, the longer you stand at the edge of the stay, uh, at the at the edge of the cliff that you're about to jump off, uh-huh. the scarier it seems. Yeah. So, just as. Like that's always my advice to, to stand up or people who who are think about doing comedy is just do it. Just don't just even do it. the yeah. longer you think about it, the scarier it's gonna be. Yeah, just do it, man. That's you know, I, I thought about it for a long time but I didn't think I'd never do it. Then they signed me up as I said that first time. And I was hooked, you know. I just hooked. Even when I bombed after that time, well, I know I can kill, so I'm going to do it again. It's always that's that's how it always seems too. So like, there's either guys that like either either bomb the first time and they're like, I'm going to get them back. Uh I'm going to try it again. Or there's guys that have like uh, like killed the first time and then like I know for me like the first two times I did stand up I killed and then there was about four years of bombing. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then but it's like that first little taste of heroin. Yeah, 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 you're chasing dragon. You're chasing dragon. I'm going to chase that dragon and I'm going to get it. I know I can get it. Again. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you is because how long you, you've been doing this, when you were back in the – like because you were there for the boom, was there someone that you saw the first time that you were like, wow, that guy's going to be a star, other than Robin and Kinnison because they're obvious. Yeah. But was there someone that you saw live and you are like, shit, this – and it could be even just someone who does completely uh-huh. different or – yeah, whatever. Well, there were so a, many a people. I, so many people I saw that I say he's going to be a star. He's going. It didn't happen for most of them. Well, that was be my next question. Who should have? But who, oh was God, there someone that you saw hours? that you're like, 
I knew they were going to be a star, and you know, good for them that they were. I knew Ellen DeGeneres was going to make it because she was very, very uh, likable up there. I've so. always loved Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, she always, I always she was funny. Been. She had a great presence. She had she she looked good. You yep. know, you just like you liked her. She had yep. the, the LQ, the likability quotient. Yes, and you knew something was going to happen yes. for her, and she did. Uh, and for and, an for an angry troll like me to say something nice about yeah. a nice, good mannered person, that yeah. just shows how funny. In my opinion, she is. Yeah, no, she, you know, she's got the, she's like the new Mike Douglas now, witty afternoon banter, you know. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon, which is perfect for her. And uh, I knew Rob Schneider would kind of go somewhere. Yep. Because uh, he was real funny, and he, he did this, to this day the best Elvis impersonation I've ever heard. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, uh, but was there someone that, that 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 doesn't mean they didn't become a moderate star or they didn't weren't mm-hmm. successful? But was there someone that you saw like rip a room apart and you're like, man, it's just wrong to this person. Oh, there's a million other than of yourself. Oh, other than, <laughs> other yourself. than me. Oh God, there's Rich. Schneider, there's Bruce Baum, there's Denny Johnson, yeah. there's there's Bill Kirkenbauer, there's a million Harry Basil, there's so many, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting names now, and they're gonna kill me. But uh, I can I can you know put up a list of like a hundred names. Of, uh, now, have you seen Rich do any stand up recently? Yes, I he's back doing in the game. it. He kicks ass, man. Good. Uh, I worked with him um, in early January, and I opened for him, and he just. Fucking rocked it. Good. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Good. There so. should be a little. He should put something out just because that movie ended where it seemed like his. The movie that he did, it wasn't like just. Uh, it was. Um, I killed or. No, that was the no, book. No, no, that was a book. Uh, um, stand up or something. I am comic. I am comic. I am comic. It right. kind of ended with like, is he going to get back in? Is he not? And I know for a fact that he is back in. Yeah. But it'd be nice for people as a little kind of side note to know that how well he's doing. Oh, he's amazing. It's like, yeah. it's like uh, the man with the golden armor, Frank Sinatra, the monkey never dies, dealer. He just <laughs> goes into a corner and waits. Well, because I said this before on our show on XM, my favorite part of that movie and was only when they talked to the people who quit and why they quit. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm 25, and it's constantly considered getting out, and you, you want, I just liked hearing some of the people why they quit, yeah. were, were secure with why they quit. I, yeah. I'm not ready to do yet, but I was really a neat little moment in that movie of, of you know, they're, they're 35 years in, yeah. reasons that the road is the road. and Exactly. Yeah, there's a very funny comic named Jeff Martyr who stopped, uh, and I think he's starting to make noises on Facebook that he'd like to get back in. You gotta do right. it, you gotta do it. Yeah. You're really, really funny, man. He did this pilot I saw in the 80s, which should have been picked up it was hysterical it was a really really funny guy so jeff if you're listening get back into it brother get back into it well, there, are, there are those guys like i'm like rich schneider i remember seeing him on uh the tonight oh, show yeah. uh-huh. just just tearing the place apart oh he's yeah. amazing, and, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. i hate the follow and then then there's you know and then i know any kind of disappeared but it's like it is kind of one of those things though with like actors too it's just sort of like um people are always like well, we say it's like uh, you know, show business is the only profession that has a where they now category. Yeah. Like no one's ever like, I wonder what that dentist is doing nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still He's, doing mowers, is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, you know, it's not like uh, the fillings white now, so they don't show as much. But I remember seeing like uh, like John Litkow was interviewed once on a show, and he just said that the one of the things that he kind of finds sad about his industry is that like he loves doing theater. But most people don't see him, you know, there's only the people that are at the theater that night get to see that show. And, and people yeah. equate that your career isn't going well when you go back to theater. Right, right, yeah. right. Or people don't even know that you're doing theater. Right. Yeah. People just think right. that, oh, well, he must be working at a Starbucks now or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like uh, like uh, Rich Schneider and, uh, and, and and Rick Overton, who I've always loved Rick Overton. And it's always funny when you, I see, like, older guys, they really do gay, gay they grab onto the social media aspect yeah. too. Uh-huh. It's like I don't like I 
get updates from Rick Overton, sometimes too many updates on Facebook. <laughs> but it's like it's this constant feed of just this like, you know, uh, you know, occupied democracy yeah, posts yeah. he posts no, all the he's time. Great. I he's he someone great, I yeah. actually it's him and Feldman. I follow everything. Uh-huh. I don't follow a lot of people on all platforms, but uh-huh. Twitter, everything they put out, I make sure I read. Oh, yeah. And of course the same thing uh, with you and Rich. <laughs> I really like what Rich is doing with the you know the stories and I really hope this book comes out yeah. that he's writing and, and I'll buy one for sure. Um, yeah, guys like Overton and the social oh, media, what yeah. they're doing with it is great. Oh, he's amazing, and, and everybody can see it now. And I uh, I did not mention uh, enough of the funny women, too. I don't want to see what he's doing because you got your Carrie Snow, you got your Joni Fagan, you got Carol Montgomery, you got uh, Carrie, did I say Carrie Snow? Uh, yeah, yeah. Again. And there's a whole bunch of funny women out there. Jerry Lewis, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah. There's, well, a, there's a lot of funny <laughs> women. That, that's said about every three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <okay, good. laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, probably by his wife. Yeah. They sometimes say there's like a bit of a second sort of comedy boom with uh, but it's a lot more of like because I mean I, I know that like I've talked to some older comics this is ages ago I, there was like one guy who I remember just saying uh, all you have to do is work on your act and the industry will find you <laughs> and I was sort of like well, I don't know about that yeah. but now it's be- definitely not that mentality has gone away and it's more of just like people uh, are uh, are, are, are the, the amount of self-promotion that one can do without a manager or an yeah. agent or anything like that. Yeah. So there's almost a second wave. Uh, but I think in some ways there's a bit of a backlash to it whenever I see a comic like posting their first set uh, on YouTube. And I'm yeah. like, why... You know, you yeah, haven't wait. even gotten a grasp of the craft. Well, I've, and I've been doing it in a month. I could headline now. Yeah, so. yeah but it's just sort of like I, I would cringe at the idea of like putting my first oh, set I don't like on. When they put <laughs> my yeah. modern sets on. You don't have to just like talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I want to control what gets out there. Yeah, but it's sort of like even just someone posting like, "Hey, this is me practicing guitar." Yeah, it's like, no, exactly. why do you get good oops, at it oops, and then oops. put a put a clip out? That's but like, it's like I like people go on Facebook. Irving Schmurz, comedian. You know, yeah. Yeah. comedian, happy goo goo. But it almost seems. But it's also even when it comes to TV. It's sort of like people are just excited to put a TV show out. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter if it's good anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, but it, now it's like, it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, but what, what, but notice how I threw up after the first joke. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things, though. It's a, it's a, as much as if it's it's different, there's still so much that's the same about the old yeah. the old way that things got done. Yeah, it gets easier to get seen, but then again, everybody's doing it. So how do you make yours stand out from others? You know? Right. I have yeah. a good podcast show, you know, with the good people, but the, you know, there's a resilient others out there. So how do you get it to the next level? I, right. I don't know. If people want to get in touch with Steve Pearl through Facebook, I'm on Facebook, um, and website Stephen Pearl. I have no website. Okay. Um, I have a DVD for sale if you're interested, and you can get it in Canada. Oh, I get it anywhere for fourteen dollars by the mail at P- mailing uh, check money order very well concealed cash to Stephen Pearl P.O. Box 2356 Walnut Creek California USA 94595 have a, riff, uh, a podcast show called Referendum R-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-D-U-M dot com featuring interviews with my friend Al Cleveland and I have done with Robin Williams the musicians Johnny Winter Edgar Winter comedians Tom Dreesen Rick Overton lots of good people Felicia oh, Michaels cool. okay. Corey Spencer a lot of good people so check that out I haven't done an interview like over a year but it's still up and running and hopefully I'll interview more people but check right. those out and uh, 
I'm at, uh, well, by the time people hear this, it'll be over. But I'm at Yuck Yucks all week, and yeah, come on down. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the amazing thing. It's sort of like once you put it out there, it, it is there forever. It's you there know, forever, yes. You know, good, good or bad, it, it's, it's on out June there. June 19th, 1964, I'll be <laughs> appearing with Stephen Eady yeah. at No Such Park. Hope you all... I always thought that was funny. I'm just like, you know, they always talk about what you would do with a time machine. And some people are sort of like, oh, I'd go back and I'd kill Hitler. I think most comics would be like, uh, I'd go back to around 1978 yeah. and uh, go to L. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just sit there and wait for the boom. That's it for this week. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Whore, at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes by typing Anything Goes on XM. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Ha. Anything Goes hopes you laughed, cried, and learned something. And until then, take it easy.